Shabbat Shalom. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word and for the Gospel of Luke. Lord, as we're going to look into a very important passage today in Luke 4, we ask you to guide us. Your Spirit only can guide us. We can only understand through your Spirit. And so we ask humbly that He comes upon us at this point in Yeshua's name. Amen. Okay, so where are we? Where were we last week? We were in Luke chapter 4, and what we have seen last week is that Jesus performed miracles, okay, that no one else could perform. And every time he did actually perform miracles, there were a change in, in the whole of Israel. There was a reaction, reaction from the people, reaction from the others. Again, remember that miracles in themselves do not necessarily prove divine origin. Okay, we should know that. Okay, uh, when they have a like a healing uh, that, that is uh, or whatever our miracle uh, things, whatever we have to know that we have to test the spirits. Okay, not, do not be impressed by these things. Uh, just this week, uh, thirteen three, when it speaks about the dreamers and people who come and tell you things about the future, and God says to the Jews, He says, "Well, you know what? I send them to you to test you to see if how if you're going to fall into it." Okay, and this is something. I mean, you know, he, he allows these people to get into the fold of Israel just to see for the Lord to see which one actually is going to listen to them. And he says, if you listen to them, then I can't bless you anymore. Right? So this is why we need to uh, test the spirit. And so we have seen that leprosy, because that, that's a miracle that we see, the first one we see in Matthew. But leprosy is a unique disease. Okay, it represents Sin. The person actually who has leprosy was seen as somebody who was almost like dead. And you remember which chapters of the scriptures are uh, are there? Uh, you know, in order somebody was healed of leprosy, in the procedures it was Leviticus 13 and 14. Very long procedures in case somebody comes and tells the priest, "I was healed of leprosy." Okay. Yet, we don't know in history any Jews that actually was healed in leprosy and went to the priest and the, pri- and the priest actually covered these uh, passages. Okay, because they never really covered these passages through history. Only when Jesus came in chapter 4, okay, and he healed the leper and he told the leper, go, don't tell anybody, go to the priest and tell them to perform whatever it's written in 13, 14. Why? Because he wanted actually the priests to recognize that he was the Messiah because it was actually the leadership of Israel who denied that Jesus was the Messiah. But the people actually recognized him as the Messiah. This is the most beautiful thing. But they were not courageous enough to say anything. So let us read chapter 5. Actually, let's go to 5. Verse, just two verses. Three verses. 15 to 17. In chapter 5, verse 15 to 17, uh, something is happening. Something unusual is happening there. Okay? Let's read it. I'm trying to figure out what is unusual in these three verses. I'll give you a hint. It's happening in Capernaum, in Galilee. Okay, let's read it. It says, However, the report went around concerning Jesus, him, all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord were present to heal him. 
Okay, so what actually is unusual here? Something kind of new, if you want, in the, even in Israel at that time? Anybody? A bit like the, 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 the geography a bit. These uh, are in the south, okay, in Jerusalem. Now suddenly it says, out of every town of Galilee, Judea, so Galilee, Judea, and even Jerusalem, they decided to all go to Capernaum. Something happened in Israel. Okay, to have so many people, to, to, to have a meeting right there in Capernaum. Because in fact, in Capernaum, there was nothing too, too, you know, interesting to go. But something had happened, and what had happened, it's actually when the person, okay, the healed leper, when he went to see the priest, the priest recognized that there was something that just happened, something they never seen before. There was somebody who was healed of leprosy, and so they had to send their people to investigate who this man was. Okay, and so from Jerusalem they sent, from Judea, that is around Jerusalem, they all went up. By the way, it was a long trip. Okay, you just don't go to Capernaum as you go to, to Monklin and Carry or something. You know, it, it, was, it, it was very far trip, and so they all went there, right? So what were, and so they saw Jesus, okay? They saw him. You were going to see what happened actually in Capernaum, something very unusual, in fact, because there Jesus is going to heal. We're going to read the passage. He's going to heal somebody, if you remember, uh, who was sick. They brought him down from a roof. Okay, we're going to read the passage, but you're going to see that the Pharisees don't say anything, don't say a word. And we, this is very unusual because the Pharisees were always objecting to what Jesus was saying and doing. But here they say nothing. Why? Because it was the beginning. They wanted to investigate actually what, who he was before they would go and attack him. Now, what were their, uh, uh, that is, the conclusion about Jesus? Okay. They had two choices, either they recognize him as the Messiah, or they reject him as the Messiah. Okay, of course they, they opted for the second one, but they had a big problem. Okay, if they reject him as the Messiah, okay, what reason are, are they going to tell the people? Because the people recognize the Messiah. Look at chapter 5 verse 26 for instance. The people, it says, and they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen a strange thing today. Back in Matthew 12, when there was another miracle very similar, they asked, they said, isn't he the son of David? Isn't he the Messiah? Right? So the Pharisees were kind of in a bind here, because they had to answer, actually, the people to find out, and give them a good answer, so that they don't go to believe in Jesus. What was their answer? Do you remember? Sir, what was that Jesus was doing the miracles under the devil? This is the only thing they would come up with. Okay, and that triggered a, a big change in the in the Messiah's ministry. From that moment, I just want to tell you it's very important because we touched upon it last week, and I want, I'm repeating it because from that moment on, okay, Jesus said actually that they committed the sin against the Holy Spirit. That means this is the ultimate sin. You, there's no going back to it. Okay, because of this, the generation who did this was actually uh, going in the diaspora. Okay, then in 70 AD, they lost everything. They lost the temple, they lost Jerusalem up to today. There's no temple, there's no Jerusalem, they don't own Jerusalem, they don't own the Temple Mount, right? Why? Because 
of what had happened. They refused the hand of God. They refused God incarnate, so to speak. Yes. Where actually no one is innocent. You know, you know when people say ah, the, 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 the good one uh, suffers and the other one doesn't suffer. No one is good. Okay? If we all had to pay for whatever we've done and whatever sin we've done, we'd all be wiped out by now. So God, by His restraining power and His love and His grace, okay, He allows us to live even more, okay, to go further. Okay, if we like, turn to Matthew 12. Okay, let, let's go to Matthew 12, and let, let, I'm going to walk you through uh, as the uh, Pharisees rejected Jesus. If you go to 24, and this is their uh, their final decision. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This man does not cast out demons, but by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. Okay? And when Jesus heard this, actually, he began to, to kind of defend himself. And he said, Two cannot walk, you know, and agree, because I'm chasing, you know, I'm putting away the Satan. And you know Satan. You know, what you are accusing me against that, right? And so this is what he says in verse 30 to 37. He gives them, actually, the... The, the, the reason why but he says Satan's kingdom cannot be split apart okay and he says look at the miracles I just did for you he says the miracles testify of actually the validity of, of, of me being the Messiah and he speaks to them very nicely very like he, he tried to convince them okay and so this is why, of course, he, he calls it the unpard- an unpardonable sin by the way again can somebody commit today against the Holy Spirit can somebody uh, committed. Some people can do that, but we have to explain actually how it works. Come back at some point in time and so on. But we know that somebody may commit that sin if they blaspheme God. If they start blaspheming Jesus, then you know to stop it. Uh, for example, even denying people, I've seen people who, who believe that Jesus is divine and they come to a point of denying that he's not divine anymore. That to me is close to it. I wouldn't say it is, you know, but it's close, getting much closer to it. Convinced at some point in time that Jesus is the Messiah. This is my personal conviction. And they refuse it because no one goes to hell because they couldn't figure it out, this or this or that. I think that Jesus or the, the Spirit of God shows them clearly who he is and their choice to accept or refuse. This is how, how deep it is. This is, you know, again, the white throne judgment, they all come through God, and no one goes to heaven, they all go to hell. Why? Because they, they willingly refuse to recognize God even sitting on his throne. It's like they were saved. This is like the wheat and the tares. So that's Hebrews 6.4. They tasted, okay, that means they didn't drink. You taste, just Judas Iscariot, he tasted. It says that they partook with the Holy Spirit. That means they did miracles. With the Spirit, just like Judas Iscariot, he did miracles, he heals people, right? But he wasn't a believer. Okay. So these are the ones that Hebrews 6, 4 actually... Uh, so these people actually, they have no idea who they are. They have no idea. For them, like, Christianity is just like a, 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 a passing thing, you know. They, they, you, you know, believers don't doubt for them, like, but they left. And the Bible speaks about us. It says, don't worry about these guys. They were not of us. Okay. Okay. was actually going around killing, uh, literally killing believers. And then he came to believe. 
And you know what? I, I tell people the more the, your opponents are, are a voice, their, 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 their thoughts and everything, the better it is. The worst thing is when you preach the word of God to somebody and he says, oh yeah, thank you, and he lives. You, you want to fight. Get on a fight. When they fight, that means there's something else. The spirit is after them. That's a good sign. Let them insult you and persecute you. That also is a good sign, believe it or not. The worst thing is when they don't care about you. You know, it's, right? Better be cold. That means just leave it. Or you have to be hot. Actually, it doesn't give you any, any uh, uh, choice. You have to be warm and not warm, hot, burning about the Word of God. Like, just like the seraphim. You know what the seraphim means? The burning ones. They, they can't hold it. They're so much in love with God and what He does. They're just like burning. And they want to do so many things for the Lord. That's what we're called to do. Okay. So God, Jesus says, you know, the problem is that because we have a sin nature... It, we can, you know, go on the other side and then come back, go back forth, you know. But we, we have to fight it so that we stay more on one side. Okay, that's we call this sanctification. And this is you can see the Lord, but sanctification. Good. Now, now, what happened, for example, after that Jesus defended himself, after that they accused him of doing the thing in the, the, the devil. We're in Matthew 12, by the way. We're coming back to fight to look soon. Uh, look what it says in verse 38, 38. I, I, Frankly, I could understand. I can't still understand this passage, this verse. It says, Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we would see a sign from you. Like, give us a sign. This is what I understand, because he just gave them signs that were never done in history of Israel, okay? <laughs> and they come back and can we see one more? You know, because you, I, what, what I understand, maybe you understand something else. What I understand is that Jews are never convinced or they're never convicted by, by miracles, okay? Remember in, in Exodus, they saw God doing this, that, the manna, the water, they, nothing. They were just going straight, okay? This is why Paul says that Jews uh, want miracles, you know, and the, the wisdom for the Greek. Why? Because Jews want always miracles, because they're never convinced with miracles, so to speak, right? And so Jesus says to them, I'm going to give you one miracle. After, from verse 38 to 45, he says to them, I'm going to give you the miracle of the sign of Jonah. Mm-hmm. What was the miracle of the sign of Jonah? Huh? Resurrection. The sign of Jonah is the resurrection. And this is why the, the, he gave actually two signs of Jonah. Not only his own resurrection, which is the ultimate. Lazarus. And Lazarus, he waited the fourth day. Fourth. You don't wait the fourth day. After the fourth day, the Bible says it's finished, right? The, the, not the Bible, the, 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 the rabbis. He waited the fourth day and he says, look, here. Fourth day, I'm raising it. I'm God incarnate. And still, they, they didn't accept him. Yeah. He only, like, was near death, but he didn't die. Because his language is very much that of uh, David, when he was pursued by, uh, you know, uh, King Saul, and he was about to die. And, was, and so the language is very similar. It doesn't mean that he actually died. We. Do you remember that uh, uh, from that point on in Luke 5, going to 6, and chapter 12 also of Matthew, Jesus' ministry changed, right? Remember, he changed completely. After that, he was refused as the Messiah by the leadership of Israel. He knew that he wasn't going anywhere at this point, that, that they were not going to recognize him, and so his ministry changed. What changed in his ministry? 
Do you remember? To train the... Regarded all the miracles he did, now there was no more for the people, it was for the disciples. So in order to train them, because now he was preparing them for the kingdom of God that was to come. This is why right after chapter 12, he gives the parables of the kingdom, which is the church. And he says, this is what's going to happen, it's coming soon. Because the kingdom that you're expecting me to, to establish now will not happen because actually, we, they actually did not, they did not recognize me. Right? We. Or to dissimulate, to, to hide. Okay? So they have no idea, they have no idea what he was talking about. Okay? But when you understand, when he explains the parable, then you understand very well. So the parable of the kingdom are very interesting parables themselves, and you understand why. I mean, the history of the church is right there and then. Right? Do you remember the parables, fast, fast? Sometimes too much money has to spend it, right? The only one that really does it was one out of the four. It was the second parable, remember? Wheat and the, the tares and the wheat. Okay. And then you had the, I believe, I'm not going chronologically, but you had the leaven and the mustard seed. This is the false religion. Mustard seeds, leaven starts small and it will grow. And this, he says the false religion will grow and we see that most of Christianity today grows being like the false religion per se. Right, and he says the birds come and they go into the tree of the uh, of the mustard seed. The, the the birds are the same birds that came and took out the word of God from the people. They were, you know, because when they brought the seed, the birds came and took him away. And then uh, you have also the uh, the hidden treasure, okay, and the pearl. The hidden treasure is Israel. It cannot be the church because the church is not hidden. And then you have the pearl, which is the church itself. We made the connection with the pearly gates in heaven. You understand? So he was explaining all the the history of the church up to the second coming that we have in the parables themselves. And keep on with our study. Luke 5. Now the leper actually became a believer. Okay. Uh, well, I think we... You know, in contrast with the religious leaders, what we find in verse 12, 512, is that he had the faith. It says, at the end of verse 12, he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He believed that the Lord can cleanse him. Okay? And so it did happen, and the Lord was willing. It was the proper time. Okay? Uh, and how did he know that, actually? Because actually he was... Uh, you know, away from the population. He was by himself. You know, it says in First Corinthians, okay, that if we know God, it's by the Spirit of God. So God goes to these people. He goes and He convinces them about things and so on. Even yourself, when you came to believe in Jesus, you knew that Jesus had the truth, you know, and you were attracted to Him, right? Whoever actually explained it to you and so on. Now, this passage ends in verse 16, and it's beautiful what happens in verse 16, 516. It says, and he, Jesus himself, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. What did he pray for? He must have prayed that the religious leaders, as they were going through the word of God, Leviticus 13 and 14, for the healing of the leper and doing all these things, he was surely praying that they would come and and realize, actually, that God was on earth, you know, incarnate, you know, and that the Messiah was there and then. Okay. Now, uh, it is now that something uh, happened in Capernaum that is unusual. Okay. The Pharisees came to observe Jesus. And this is where we're going to see that uh, 
something unusual happened as Jesus was healing the uh, the leper. Another leper this time. It was somebody who was paralyzed. Let, let's read, uh, actually, Luke 5, 17. You know what? Let, let's read to 26. I'll read it for you. It's really beautiful. Okay. And by the way, this passage can only be understood if you put in the context of what happened before. Okay. Otherwise, you will be at a loss. We'll be at a loss to do it. Verse 17, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he was teaching, and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Verse 18, Then behold, men brought uh, on a bed uh, a man who was paralyzed, whom they brought, sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because the crowd... They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the uh, tiling into the mist before Jesus. Let's stop for a minute. You know what's happening here, right? Mm. Jesus was teaching in a room and they couldn't get into the the door because there were too many people. Okay, And and lo and behold, they they, they drill a hole. Okay, I mean, imagine, but there's noise, right? And I can just imagine Jesus teaching, he doesn't stop. Okay, and the guys were banging, and maybe dust was falling into everybody. You know, you can't understand what's happening. And then it says that they they made the hole and they brought the man down. Okay, and they brought him where? Right in front of Jesus. Wow. And I'm sure that Jesus was just teaching his his stuff, disregarding. Okay, until he goes and he speaks to this man. Okay, so it, it, it was all there. Yes. Roofs like a low roof, okay? It's a low roof, but there were a lot of people. But what Jesus says, the first word that he says, is like a revolution in Israel, okay? Because uh-huh. no man has ever said that. Okay, look at verse 20. Men, your sins are forgiven, are forgiven you, okay? This is, you don't say that, because only God says that. That means he is God. And in fact, the Pharisees in verse 21, okay, they, they actually reasoned in their mind because they couldn't speak. They didn't speak. They were, they were only observing. They said, who is he? He was blasphemies because only God can forgive sins. Okay. Here, Jesus was affirming his divinity. Okay. He affirmed before that he was the Messiah. He's going to do it again. Now he says, I am God. I'm going to forgive sin. Now, because they refused them. He knew he, they were about to refuse him, right? And he says to them, you're going to refuse me, but believe I am God, right? Because this is exactly who the Messiah is. He's completely divine. We, by the way, there's something that we see happening in the ministry of Jesus and something we should not forget is that he did everything openly. Everything openly, okay? That, that teaches us about these secret religions or secret or people who think that has certain knowledge that you cannot have or certain power that you cannot have that like to impart it on you and so on. God never speaks in secret. When Jesus was arrested, he says what? What do you want me to tell you? I, everything I said, I said it in the temple, I said it in the synagogue, and you were following me. What more do you want me to tell you, right? And this is the beauty about, about it, and that teaches us to to, uh, to to be open, to be sincere, not to hide any truth or whatever it is, you know, to put always Jesus first. Okay? So, any questions so far? Uh, yeah. But uh, sinners, no. Of course not. Well, they did perhaps, but maybe a cleanse, a sinners, like 
sin is not an important thing in, in, in Judaism. Like they don't speak about uh, there is repentance and so on. Now look at verse 24 and see how Jesus calls himself because he, we, we just saw that he showed himself as being divine. Now he's telling them point blank that he's what? Son of man. You know what the son of man is? That's the Messiah. The Jews knew it. Okay, for them, son of man equals Messiah. Okay, this is actually taken from, uh, that is Daniel seven thirteen. Okay, and when Jesus was, was being tried by the high priest in Matthew 26, and the high priest, and he says, tell us who you are. And Jesus says, well, you're going to see the son of man coming from heaven. And he says, that's it. He tore his clothes, he says, he's, he's blaspheming, okay? Because he understood that the Messiah was divine. Because a blaspheme in the Old Testament, I mean, even in the law of the Pharisees, is only when you pronounce the name of God or you think you're against God, whatever. So as soon as he said, I am the Son of Man, he says, this man is blaspheming. Okay, that means he pretended to be the Messiah, when in fact he is the Messiah. So that's Daniel 7.13, yeah. With their own belief, okay, they decided to deny him. That, that's what it is. Now, did, did they really know? Did they know? I don't know. I think they, they, they knew, but they lied to themselves. They were very... I, I like to, to think maybe of, of Satan himself. Does he really think that Jesus is the Messiah? Yeah. Or that... No. At really the end, he goes like a lion in a cage, like he debates. No, no. Evil never loses in their mind. Go, go see the people who, who lose wars and everything. Oh! We won. It's, you know, everything is destroyed behind them. I mean, how many times in the radio they see this, you see these guys at least say, I'm sorry. Look at this. We're here. We're good. This is what evil does. He will convince you that you are invincible. Just like a girl who, who drinks. You understand? This is, so he thinks he's going to win. Now, did they think he, maybe they thought he was the Messiah, but they said, we're not going to accept him because we have our own religion by that time. God is on our study. They even said, uh, we, we, we know Moses, we don't know this guy. So they, they made actually a distinction between the word and Moses. Forget it. They will not. Okay? Even in a court of law, I mean, you, you have courts of law. What do we have courts of laws? Because everybody thinks they're right. Okay? Again, you go, you go to jail, they're all innocent there. Everybody, nobody did anything wrong, right? This is, this is man, this is the way man is. This is why if you repent of your sins, it's a big miracle. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you say, I'm sorry, not so much the agenda of power, because by the time Jesus came, they had already their religion set up. For at least 300 years, you know, with Hillel, Shammai, they, it was so set up and they were so convinced that they were within the word of God, that Moses was on their side and God on their side. When Jesus came, he was completely, he was teaching something completely different than what they were teaching. So they said, he cannot be of us. And so this is why, okay? But some of them accepted, you know, I mean, Paul, Nicodemus, they understood and it was very hard. And everybody here also will ever accept it, that that's the way it is, yeah. So this, you have the theophanies in the Old Testament, you know, it, it carries them. And, and, and the, the people were, were aware of these theophanies. You know, if you read their writings at that time, uh, you know, theophanies is when God comes like uh, the angel of the Lord, for instance. The angel of the Lord is like God, okay? Or when Moses said, uh, not the Jacob, he says, I fought with this man and I've seen God face to face. He, yeah, what? He fought with God? Well, this is, they had a problem with this, but they understood it was God coming into the flesh. And so, for them, the Son of Man, they made that distinction, so to speak. So, do you have the Son of God? This is the divinity of the Messiah. Son of Man is the humanity of the Messiah. 
and yeah. of the law, especially Deuteronomy, okay, which we will study after Luke, in fact. Deuteronomy, God says, stick to my word. I mean, if he repeats it so many times, or at some point you say, well, why is he repeating it so much? Mm. Because if you don't stick to his word, you're going to stick to your own word. Okay, and you're going to make up your own God and your own religion. And when God comes, you're going to say, I don't, I don't know who he is. Right? Mm. So this is why we stick to God. Right? We stick to the word of God and so on. Okay, this is always repeated. Right? By the way, just, just in passing, 13, uh, this is the Son of Man. This is where the, the, the rabbi said that this is, uh, the, the, this is that the rabbi Ben David comes from. And the other one, the Messiah Ben Joseph, the one who comes to die, they take it from Zachariah 9.9, you know, when the, when the Messiah comes uh, on the back of a donkey, you know. So they couldn't figure out, is he coming on the back of a donkey or is he coming from heaven? So you have two pictures of the Messiah in the Old Testament. We know that's the first and second coming. They don't. So they figure out other things. They say, if you're good, you know, he'll come as a, as a king. If you're not good, he'll come on the donkey. And so they, 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 they get caught into their own thinking that way. But the Bible says that it is the same one coming once and then twice. Zechariah 9.9 and then Daniel 7.13. Just for you to know uh, in there, right? Good. Let's go to the picture that Luke depicts of our Messiah is one who is actually very serious, right? Somber, very calm. In the next section, you're going to see that Jesus uh, is a fun guy. He loves to go to parties. He loves to eat. He actually has a good sense of humor. Okay, I am telling you, read on these scriptures and you're going to see a great sense of humor even in the Old Testament and with Jesus. So let's start this section. It's a little long, right? Let's read verse 27 to 29. After these things, right? After everything we've seen so far. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. Now, who's Levi? Levi. It's because Jews have a Hebrew name and an English name or French name or whatever. They, because of the circumcision, they have to have a Hebrew name. So this is where they have. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so he left all. He, Jesus says, follow me. He left all, rose up and followed him. And Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. Okay, Mark 9.9 actually tells us that this man, Levi, is Matthew, of course, the one who wrote the Gospel of Matthew. Levi is his Hebrew name again. Now, what is the first thing that he does as he follows Jesus? He makes a party. He actually makes a party. He was so excited, and he says, what? I'm not going to keep my Jesus just for myself. I'm going, to, I'm going to call all my friends so they meet Jesus. Okay? And why not? And he invites Jesus. And Jesus loves it. And he goes. <laughs> he was a very social man. I want to tell you. Yes. You have to study. Nothing is given to you in a, in a, in a platter like, uh, you know, he's not a pastor. Again, uh, Jesus barely started his ministry. And this is the second party he goes to. What was the first? Okay, he went there. Okay, and by the way, if you if you read on with the book of, of Luke, he goes to many events, and he loves to go eat with people. He, there's something about him. Uh, Luke seven thirty six, and a Pharisee. I'm just going to give you these passages. A Pharisee invites him to eat. He goes. A Pharisee, right? He goes. Luke eleven thirty seven. Another Pharisee invites him. 
no, he goes again. 197, we see him as a guest in Zacchaeus' house, even after the resurrection. In Luke 24, he appears to his disciple, and he asks him, he says, do you have anything to eat? That's the first thing he asks them, right? You know? So it's nice, why? Because eating, you know, you, you, you get friendly with the people, you kind of, you go out for supper, and it's a nice and beautiful thing. This is why, you know, God told the people, the Jewish people, he said, certain food you don't eat. And he wanted to pick up the food that the others were eating so that he, they don't become friends with the others. He wanted to sanctify them. Don't eat with them. You understand? And here Jesus says, come, let's eat, let's have a party and for supper and so on. So have you made a party for Jesus yet? Anybody? No? Use a speaker or make... Uh, uh, you know what works well? Uh, a DVD. They love end-time prophecies, for instance. You know, if they're young, you can have an end-time prophecies. You invite them, what do you think, have a discussion after. Or you can invite somebody to, to lead a discussion. You can see the movie Jesus also, okay, and have a discussion. You know, the movies about Jesus are good. Just don't show the movie Noah. By the way, before we finish, uh, by the way, with uh, the guests, in uh, Levi's house, in Matthew's house, other people were there. Other guests yeah, were there. They were okay. Actually, they, they were the tax collectors, but uh, collectors were not seen as good people. Why? Because they collect the taxes. Even you know when the government calls you and asks you if you pay your taxes, you don't like it, right? All right. So, but you had the scribes and the Pharisees that were there. Okay. You know why they were there? By the way, do you know how it happens? You know, when you're in a town or in a, let's say in a certain place, you would invite a speaker. That's what Matthew did. A speaker was Jesus. And because there they didn't have any a telephone or didn't have any newspaper or whatever, as soon as they had a speaker that came from out of town, they would come and listen. And so they would have the guest in the middle of the, the, the room, and others were allowed to come and stay around the walls just to listen. Okay, so it was open, so it was nice. So who came around the walls, okay, is the Pharisees and the scribes. Now look at verse 30 and 32. They were there. It says, and their scribes and their Pharisees complained about his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered, and this is where he's really joking, or not joking, I mean... It says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick have come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. What does he mean by that? He was telling them, I didn't come, to, to call, I didn't come to, to call you because you're righteous, right? I just came to see the sinners, like the, the, the tax collectors and, and the, the, the publicans and whatever, right? He was actually making fun of them. He was. I mean, I thought it's going to tell me well no one is righteous no one so what he was telling them if you think you're righteous I didn't come for you I came for those who think are sinners that in itself that, that in itself that's a, it's, a, it's a joke really it's a joke it's a sense of humor you know what is joking by definition I have one here it says by definition to joke is to bring a humorous or ridiculous element in something and this is where it's bringing up. He says, you think you're righteous. I didn't come for you. You know, that's Jesus speaking. This is beautiful when you understand actually what is happening. What are the verses that tell you that every man is a sinner? Paul was, was actually, in all Romans 3, he was quoting from the Old Testament. It's not something from New Testament. Of course it is. But he was pulling like Psalm 53, Psalm 14 say the same thing. 
God, Psalm 53 and Psalm 14. God, he says, he looked from heaven to see if there was one righteous, he could find one. So he has to come down here. <laughs> so this is what we, we find, you know, a good sense of humor with Jesus. Okay, so the hour is past.